She wants you to go after the life you want, and he wants you to press the damn button. They're both business-minded creatives who travel the globe speaking to live audiences about how to get digital attention. Now they're teaming up to bring you into the experience. Welcome to Just Try This with Brian Fanzo and Amy Landino. Brian. What's up, Amy? Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome, welcome back. back. Good song. It is a good song. Good throwback. Oh, yeah, I like that. I'll, I'll let I you know. sing it. I'll call the song back and then you can sing welcome it. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. See, they say they say millennials, aren't they don't know their, their music or their... So good. It is. Well, you know, Mace sampled it. That's true. <laughs> I, actually, I was thinking about that too. Unfortunately, right. I You're might right. know it for any, a different... Any, any Mace uh, <laughs> name dropping is always appropriate on this show. I mean, that's I have so one. much respect for Mace. Me too. Oh, oh my. that's a good one. <sighs> so good. See, see, now that now you're we're talking about different throwbacks, <laughs> But now we're on the same page. Uh, speaking of being on the same page, I know that we are going to talk about pivoting today, which yes. is something I think both of us have probably had a healthy amount of in our careers. You have to. We have to. And um, I think it's been a topic of conversation for me a lot more lately because I made a super hard pivot at the beginning of the year. You did. Yeah. Which is... Which is uh, slightly voluntary, slightly involuntary, um, but also I think slightly your fault. Yes, yes, slightly my fault. I'll take blame <laughs> on that, and we'll explain that. But I also think it's an interesting one because um, I think one of the things for me that I've learned is that sometimes you're pivoting because you believe it. Sometimes you're forced to pivot, yeah. and sometimes it's a weird, scary medium in between. You know, I even when my company got bought from the data center company I was working for. Um, my boss came in and was like, you're the face of the company. These are all the things that are going on. Uh, he's like, but there's no way you're going to survive in this new company. So today needs to be your last day at the company. And I was like, uh, what? and like they had had my picture on the entryway, like this big blow up of me when I came in. Like I was literally the face oh, of the company. Wow. So talking about like a forced pivot, but that was my pivot into entrepreneurship was working at a booming startup and coming in, being the face of that company. Yeah. And then that I mean, literally, I drove home that day, and the next morning, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But I, I love you. You know, So talk a little bit about your pivot to start 2018. Yeah. And I, the reason I'm to blame is because I was the one that introduced you to your amazing <laughs> yeah, so husband. There were a lot of things. So I think um, the reason it's been kind of like a topic people have been wanting to ask me about, which is why I w I'm excited we're spending time on this today, is um, I had to pivot a lot of things at one time. One of those things was got married, was changing my last name. Um, and this was probably the most debated. This was probably the most debated pivot because so many people had said, you know, you really had so much equity in your name, Amy Schmidauer. Like the fact that you like just went away from that so easily just because you got married. I love that perspective. The fact that people say that it means 2018 is great because a woman shouldn't have to change her name just because she gets married. I fully believe that. And I would have absolutely kept my last name. However, um, it just didn't make branding sense. And I'd gone through a lot in the last like seven or so years where my last name ended up being more, um, more difficult 
for me than it was easy. First of all, Schmidt Tower is 11 letters. It's German. It's very difficult to search for. It's difficult to remember. It's different for me for pronounced. You can't I think pronounce I, I think I introduced it. you. Uh, I had to call you Schmittastic, and it, it was like, oh, Everyone uh, wants my last name to uh, be Schmittastic. I know, because that was the only thing I could pronounce. So that was a whole extra uh, element of it. Right. And as a public speaker, this is a particularly difficult issue because, um, you know, I look to a lot of uh, speaking mentors in this space. And one person in particular that, that this started to change my mindset was Michael Port. And I, I heard him talking about how important that opening bio is. When somebody on stage is introducing you and how important that is to kick off the cadence and the context that the audience is getting set up for as you come on stage. Not only do you need to show credibility, but you need to, you know, help them feel some excitement if they don't know who you are, or even if they do. Right. It's all a part of the show, as I think he would say. And that includes whoever this event will get to introduce you. And that can be scary. Actually, I started thinking about it and I'm like, oh man, you know, if someone doesn't do right by you in that intro, it can really, really change the context. So um, that's when I started thinking about it because every single time I was getting introduced on stage, no one knew how to say my last name. Right. So that's all right. We're off to a rough start there, right? Because it's like, if I'm <laughs> no supposed doubt. to be somebody worth remembering after I talk for the next 45 minutes man, come on, I need you to be able to say my name. And if even the guy that's pumped that I'm about to walk on his stage can't say my name, can you, you know, how, how good are my chances? So that was a difficult thing for me to come to terms with because I was so like, I love my name. I'm keeping my name. It means a lot to me. Um, and, uh, and I'd written a book under that name as well. So that was a big thing. And that was what I think people were most shocked by that I would go away from that. But we just live in a world where I can't force a circle into a square and I can't force people to remember and be able to spell that name. So I love my husband very much and I think he was worth it. But at the same time, if he had just as difficult of a last name, <laughs> I don't know if it would have been worth it. Um, but the really cool thing is um, on this specific example, I ran into somebody here in Columbus. Now, the majority of my YouTube audience is on the West Coast and in the UK. And we've got some in New York and Texas. And then it sort of just like fizzles out from there. There's lots of people in other places, just not as large in percentage. And somebody locally came up to me and recognized me. And this was a couple months ago. And she said, and I've only changed my name publicly at the beginning of 2018. I made a big announcement in 2018. She walked up to me and she said, Amy Landino? And I said, yeah, that's me. And she's like, oh my gosh, I've been following you since the beginning. And I was like, the beginning? Like I asked her and I clarified what the beginning was for her. Right. And it was so cool to me because I was just like, well, she got the memo. Yep. A lot of people were worried that people weren't going to know who I was anymore because I was changing my name suddenly. If you do good work, if you're doing good stuff, you are affecting people positively and you decide to change your name. It's going to work out just fine. Yes. And even, I like to give the example of Netflix in this situation. <laughs> yes, do you one. remember the Netflix? I, I do. Yeah, but yeah, what do they tell do? They, I mean, that's the art of the pivot right there, right? Yeah. Or even owning the pivot, right? Get, tell us. Tell, so the, the, the DVD versus the streaming, right? right? They were like, we got to have two separate companies. We got to call it Flickster. 
<laughs> and what I, is it? Was it the CEO? The CEO, CEO sat yeah. down and did like a whole uh, transparent video. Here's what we're going to do. This is Netflix and this is Flickster. And for those of you who are still doing DVDs, all good. That's <laughs> It's going to be over here in this compartment. Flickster ended up being a Twitter handle with somebody that like it was not what you would have wanted to see. <laughs> and it was a whole branding crisis. And basically the rest of the world just said a resounding no. Right. They were like, no, you're not going to do that. And then, you know what happened? They, tail between their legs, were like, oh, okay, we're not going to do that. Yeah, never mind. We're going to keep everything together. Psych. We're going to keep it all Netflix. We're going to keep shipping the DVDs to the people who need it. And guess what? They survived that. They failed miserably, and they survived that. They are... Thriving is an understatement. Without question. Netflix. Um, financially, obviously, you can argue anything you want, but everyone knows Netflix. They're winning Oscars. They're winning Emmys. They're doing pretty well. Pretty darn well. And you know what? Did they try to pivot and it didn't work? Yes. And so that's, I thought of that and I thought, worst case scenario, I'm super transparent with my audience. I change my name. And they tell me <laughs> that doesn't work for us. And then I'm going to really be in a weird situation. But if I am, I'll take it when it comes. That never happened. And to kind of add on to this story, that wasn't the only thing I did at the beginning of 2018. I changed not only my name, but I changed the name of my show yep. on YouTube from Savvy Sexy Social to Amy TV. I changed the YouTube URL. I changed my homepage uh, URL from Savvy Sexy Social to AmyLandino.com. Your email. I mean, everything. Everything changed. And... I ripped the Band-Aid off. So it wasn't like one thing at a time. And I think that's why everyone was like, whoa. And also, keep in mind that I was leaning into content that was working. So where um, I was previously talking about some pretty niche stuff in the business space, I decided to go a bit more visionary, talking to the same people, but talking about different things. And that was working really well. So that was another clear indication of the pivot. So the content changed, the name of the show changed, my own legal name changed. And it was like this big moment where People took notice. I mean, that's good. At least right, I know sure. something's working if everyone noticed that I made all these changes. Um, and not only survived, but I really was able to correct some things. Um, and now, I mean, one, one of the things I love, pro tip on YouTube, is predictive search. So uh. when you go to that search bar and you want to know what people are searching for, like if you start ty typing how to, right. It will pull up a list of things it thinks you're going to say based on the top 10 most searched for right. how-tos. And what I like to do is put my name in there. Right. Because if I put my name, Amy Landino, there will be words after it that a lot of people have searched, which can sometimes indicate to me if there's a, a loop I need to close and sure. a question I haven't answered. It's usually like, how old are you? Like, it's, <laughs> how old is Amy Landino or something like that. Right. I was never able to do that before because nobody knew how to spell my name oh, properly. Look at that. That's interesting. So isn't it kind of funny? Like I, I was able to correct a lot of things. And, and because simplify. Of, you were simplifying. Yeah. And because cases. of SEO, especially on YouTube, it's not like all my other content got lost. My name was baked into the tags and the SEO of everything. So everything just works itself out. And so I just, I'm hoping that that story, whether you feel like it applies to you or not, let's say you're thinking about some kind of change. You're thinking about turning the corner and doing something else. Something else is calling to you. You've mastered one thing. Maybe you even wrote the book on it and you're ready to move on to the next thing. 
I want people to feel more confident that they can do that because yes. I do believe that you're, I'm, I'm not abandoning who I was before and what I taught. I talk about it constantly. I mean, For it's sure. why I'm here right now with you. It's why I continue to speak. However, I knew there was a deeper purpose and more that I could offer. And that's what the pivot allowed me to do was go more public with that. So I'm curious, you know, I think because there's a lot to unpack there. I think one of the things yeah. is, I mean, you understand your audience. Mm -hmm. You were very strategic. You were very, you, you talked about, you kind of buried these in the, in the conversation for those that are listening. I mean, you talked about the big announcement. You made sure it was well known. Yes. I remember, I remember even getting a message from you beforehand. Let it, you were letting me know and you were strategically letting others know like, hey, can you help me make sure that this is something, um, you know, not only being strategic, but being. Uh, methodical, I think, is, is one of the things. But I'm curious from your step, you know, doing all of that change at once, I would mm -hmm. probably guess not only is that scary, mm -hmm. um, but it's maybe not always advised to change everything at once or maybe... So if you looked at it, when you were looking at all this change, and maybe now we're 10 months out from those changes, yeah. do you think the fact that you did it as a, as a big, like, overall pivot was more beneficial for you? Because you said ripped off the Band-Aid. And I think for a yeah. lot of people, what they struggle with is they semi-pivot for a long time. Yeah. And then they blame the new thing for not working when you're not just going all in and jumping in on the That's pivot. exactly the issue. It's not a pivot. You're just dabbling. Correct. So, if, so the what I kept trying to say was like, they got the memo, right? If you're just simply like scribbling a hint and burying it underneath their pillow and they may never find it, like they didn't get the memo. Correct. And so it's so funny you just said that because I was writing down a note on this particular thing and it was make a big announcement. Yes. Maybe it's one thing and it's not four or three and that's totally fair. Yes. But to me, if let's say you're in a situation of two to three things that are going to have to change, what happens? Today... I'm changing my last name in a week. I'm changing the name of the show in a couple more weeks. I'm changing up the content a little bit in a couple more weeks, something else like you're prolonging. And I believe that that confuses I think confusion. And, and so that's even best case scenario. You're still doing big announcements for each of those. But if you really know, like all of these things have to change in order for them all to work then just do it and just say it and take on all of the feedback immediately. Right. And if you want a focus group before you even do that, talk to some people who are dedicated, whether they're super users and you know you, based on their activity that they use your product a lot, or if they're viewers of yours that comment on every single video, put them in a Facebook group together and say like, listen, this is what's going on. What are your feelings about it? And test it out. I'm not trying to say just go rogue, right. but I had taken the necessary steps and, and also we're talking about my life here. We're talking about self-identification. Sure. So we may not always be talking about personal branding in every sense, but it doesn't mean, you know. So so to me, let's say you weren't even making the big announcement and you had these four things you're just trying to pepper out. What are they going to matter if you're really trying to dance around them? Correct. It's, it's, they must not have been that important. And if that's true, you could probably make the changes and not tell anyone big deal. And I, and I think my changes were big. Were, they were big. And I think it's something for, you know, when people, you know, entrepreneurship for me, I think interesting enough for me, I worked at a big company, a big brand, a government contractor that had 25,000 employees. I then went and went to a startup that had 200 uh, some employees. We grew that to 600 employees. Mm -hmm. uh, I've now been an entrepreneur for a little over four years. For me, when someone comes to me and, and I, and just in context, I loved my enterprise job. I freaking loved my startup job. And entrepreneurship has been the hardest of all of those jobs without even for me, not even a hesitation. But one of the things that someone will come, they'll come to me and say, well, Brian, you know, you're now seeing the light. You have some things going for you. I can tell you, the, when they ask me for advice in entrepreneurship, and I know we'll talk about this a lot, mm -hmm. the art of being willing to pivot, 
understanding the importance of pivoting to me is probably one of the most important skill sets as an entrepreneur because the the pivoting it can be scary and I think this is you know I talk about change a lot but I think a lot of times people look at pivoting and you almost have to admit that the way that you were doing it previously is either wrong or no mm, longer will exist. That's a very important and, point. And that's scary, right? Yeah. It's like, oh my God. But here's the, here's the that, and I, I like that you also brought into the, the Netflix conversation. Also for you, you I'm a big, um, and I think it's because I'm a computer science major and I worked in cybersecurity. I do a lot of things on risk first reward. Mm-hmm. So I might be the, the less perfection one I am. Uh, I kind of press the damn button whenever I need to, but I can tell you I am a very strategic in what I do and I do a risk first reward on almost everything I do. And I'm saying, what's the benefits of me doing this? What's the worst case scenario of me doing this? Do the benefits outweigh the risk, right? Mm-hmm. And, and kind of teetering a talk. And I tell people that all the time when I'm, you know, we talked about uh, on one of the other episodes, we talked about me sharing my tattoos. And I told people like, hey, if you don't want to share your tattoos, risk first reward. Is the, the risk going to be too great? People, you're going to lose clients. You're going to, uh, you know, alienate your audience. Is, is, if that risk is too great, do not do it. Right. But the question has, you have to start asking yourself that question. I think for a lot of people, they either wait too long to pivot push pivoting out in their business, in their life, in their personal brand. Uh, and they do it oftentimes because it's that idea where they, they haven't done that risk versus reward. They haven't done the strategy. I mean, even little things, like, okay, just ask yourself or, okay, I need to go ask some other people. You, you brought up a couple other people that you had referenced, mm-hmm. that you had listened to, and you were like, okay, well, this is another this is another benefit if I change my name. This is another benefit. And I think that's such a lesson for people that are out there is that pivoting willy-nilly and just kind of redirecting the thing like that's why you know like that's why that's a one-apreneur for me right a yeah. one-apreneur is someone that pivots every minute of every day because you're like okay chill out you need to ride this right. um another thing of it is and i think we, we we both have interesting takes on like the art of having a niche yeah. and one of the things that i don't have a niche and part of the reason that i don't have a niche is that um niches have always scared me even owning uh attaching my name to an individual platform mm-hmm. has scared me for mm-hmm. a, a while back uh, in 2014 um mike stell's from social media examiner had come to me and said, hey, Brian, you know, you love Twitter. Twitter seems to be something taking off. I think you should own that. You should be the Twitter guy. You should run with this. Your, your brand's taking off on Twitter. And I like shut it down immediately. And he was like, why would you do that? And I was like, well, for me, that means I'm putting like all my eggs in that basket. I'm really niching down, which niching has always scared me. But also there's an element of like, what happens if Twitter disappears or they have sure. a bad time? And then you're kind of forced to pivot, right? I think there's an element now where, and I think you did it really well, I think that there's, there's ele- times in your life where pivoting is going to make a lot of sense. There's times in your life where you're going to be forced to pivot. There's also going to be times in your life where if you pivot correctly, the benefits are amazing. Mm-hmm. If you wait too long, you know, I can say for me, um, you know, being fully transparent, like my divorce has caused me to pivot in certain ways where I had to make strategic decisions that maybe I would have never, and you actually, you brought this to light last night as we were talking and, and having some tequila, um, yeah. that, you know, like the idea where, you know, when you're, when you're, when your feet are against the wall or your back's against the wall and you're, you have to make some of these decisions, you, you almost go all in, right? Like, and for me, I might not have done it for two or three more years, mm. but because I was kind of pushed back and said, okay, I have to pivot. I have to, I have to do something that makes big, big reward, yeah. but also big risk. And I think that's really important for people to remember. You know what? And I think that that's a good point about knowing who you are and not fighting it, but understanding it and working with it. And I actually hear that feedback a lot because, um, 
I don't know how to better explain it. I always use the four tendencies quiz from Gretchen Rubin to describe Mm -hmm. this because if you take this quiz, it basically tells you what your personality type is for for developing habits. And mine in particular is as a questioner, which basically means if I have convinced myself it is a good idea, I hold myself internally accountable and therefore I will do it because I'm like, I'm convinced this is the right move. Whether I'm wrong or not, that's why I will do it. Um, An obliger is somebody, those are the two most frequent types, I think. Uh, The obliger is somebody who is more likely to be held accountable by an external source. So in that situation, uh, they'd be a great person to go to a trainer if they work out because the trainer tells them what to do. The trainer is expecting them to arrive. They therefore get their workout in because of that. So my point here is I get that feedback a lot because let's take my pivot into entrepreneurship. I had a cushy job. I had a 401k. I went to school for what I was doing, but I didn't finish my degree, but I got the job. So I didn't want to leave the job. I had a great situation, but then I fell in love with something else. And when I fell in love with it, I cried telling myself I have to leave my job now. Right. No one was holding a gun to my head. Yep. I told, I was like, wow, I know this now. I'm young. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a mortgage. I, I can try now. And if I fail, I can co- go back to plan A or whatever you want to call it, plan B or whatever. And I never needed it. The day that I cried was a year before I actually left wow. because it was a matter of laying the groundwork and making it happen at that point. But that's just how I operate. And knowing that about myself, I think people think I'm a little bit of a robot sometimes. Like my husband sometimes like emotionally does not get me because I'm just like, no, it's this and that. And that's it, black and white, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> but, but I just know that that is how I think. So I know that that's a very easy stance to be in, to be like, it's fine. Just rip the Band-Aid off and pivot right. and do all these changes. It's great. But to your point, it's not that easy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it also has to do with just knowing who you are in order to be able to get yourself there. So instead of hearing my story, and if you are in that situation right now where you're thinking, okay, you crazy robot, like, I mean, easy for you, but not for me, that's cool. Just do some more self-discovery on what it takes to move the needle for you. Yes. And then do it that way to discover if it's the right move. And that's for me. I can tell you, um, you know, when someone hears my introduction when I go on stage and Mm -hmm. um, they hear computer science major, cybersecurity, worked in a data center, traveled to 74 countries, war zone. And then they're like, wait a second, this isn't the guy that should be talking about marketing. But assuming when you were when you were describing that, you know, I worked um, in cybersecurity for the Department of Defense and I'd done nine years, nine years working at this job. I had grown my team. The team I worked on was 32 employees. We ran a nine million dollar a year budget. Um, I was working for the government, making way more money than I make now. Let's put that in perspective from um, that standpoint. But I was nine years in, and I remember the day very well as I got promoted. And during the like the promotion email that I got, um, the email said, you know, congratulations, you're the youngest, blah, 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 blah. And I had to do a lot of self discovery at that moment. And, and what, it, what had gone through my head when I got promoted was actually a weird feeling as I said, oh, crap, I'm stuck working in the government and cybersecurity for the rest of my life. 
And when I realized that was my, not like, wow, Brian, you're the youngest. And it was like this, this weird thing came over me. And all of a sudden I said, okay, you know, I need to talk to my mentors. I need to talk to my boss. I need mm-hmm. to talk to my, my wife at the time. And I was like, okay, where do I stand? And I can tell you a majority of people are like, Brian, you're good. You literally got the Koosh job. I mean, you have a, the highest civilian clearance you got. You're in cybersecurity, which is booming. Um, and I kept telling them, well, this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, but you're, te- you're about to make 10 years in promoted to like an, a, a VP level. And, for, and had, you, had a, you had a clearance, which meant pretty much I was hard to fire. Um, and for me, I knew myself very well. And I know there's some things in my life that if I get complacent, if I believe uh, I'm really good at building something up and if I get into a place where um, I don't have to push myself, I'm not requiring myself to reinvent, change, or even to pivot, I know that I become not as good at what I do. I know I struggle oftentimes in, in that in, in that element, right? And so one of the things I realized was, you know what? This is my decision. I either stay in the government and work in cybersecurity for the rest of my career mm-hmm. or I leave now and make it immediate. And I and I can tell you it was it was one that almost every one of my mentors, like almost every single person was like, Brian, don't do it. This isn't something that I think you should do. And I decided to do it. And I decided for me, I wanted to make a greater impact in the world. And I knew that if I took the promotion and said, oh, I'll put it off for a year, that I probably would have stayed at that company. I'd still be working for the government, making really good money. But it wouldn't have been the challenge that I needed. And so I, I completely I, I pivoted without even knowing where it was going to go. Right? I, I knew I had some buffer with some time off and some, some leave. And so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to take this leap. And I took that leap and it was scary. I um, you know, uh, young, you know, fairly newly married. I had young kids. Um, and then I went to a data center company. Right? And then I pivoted out of data center into where I'm at now, right? Or to, mm-hmm. to digital and, and social media marketing. Then I decided to do an agency model with uh, Daniel Newman, who I co-host a podcast with as well. And I realized that didn't work. And I, I can tell you right now in, in 2018, where I'm at right now, I found my dream job. I mm-hmm. found, I absolutely love what I want to do. I want to do this for the rest of my life. I, will, I public speaking and, and, and running this kind of speaking business and growing this and, and doing the podcasting. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. But I can tell you, I would have never discovered this if I didn't pivot at the right time the first time. And that pivot became was because I knew what was best for me. Even leaving the data center whenever he told me it was my last. Like, so that, that pivot from the, the government was my own decision. I got forced to pivot out of the data center when, it, when I came into work and they mm-hmm. told me it was my last day. They, they, it was pretty much, you know, it's a combination of a, a, layout, a layoff compared to a downsizing compared to, Brian, we understand this is what you, you, you need to go. But then I, I pivoted out of that and then I got into entrepreneurship, which everyone tells you. I mean, probably many people that listen to this, you have all your friends and people that are telling you to be an entrepreneur. Um, I always challenge that and say like, be careful who you're listening to and why they're telling you that. But then I I became an entrepreneur and I immediately thought, well, here it is. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And then I did the agency thing and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to pivot again. I'm going to go away from that. I'm going to start doing consulting. Realized that, wow, I'm not really good at selling consulting. And then where this all kind of came back around was I went from those two things and now I found my dream job. So I think for those that are out there right now, you know, your pivot to your dream job or your pivot to your dream scenario or pivoting your brand, it doesn't have to make a thousand percent sense that that it is your dream job. But if you know yourself, self-evaluation, I can tell you, if I didn't know, if I wasn't honest with myself, knowing, Brian, if you take this job, you're going to stay with it the rest of your life. Yeah. 
and you just have to be okay with that. And I, and I, I couldn't wrap my head around that. But that self-awareness, that self-belief, you know, owning that pivot, and it was tough. And, and weirdly enough, I still don't make the same amount of money as I made right. when I made that pivot. But it's, it's allowed me to discover what I have now. And I think that's a lesson we both can, you know, kind of you know, share to this. And I think for those that are out there, pivoting can be hard. You're going to pivot wrong. Um, you can roll back pivots. We saw Netflix kind of roll that totally. back. I mean, Toys R Us did it just recently as well. Toys R Us went bankrupt. They were getting rid of everything. And now they just recently announced, well, we're not really going bankrupt. We're going to keep Jeffrey <laughs> and we're going to pivot into like another business. And you're like, well, that might be almost too late. Right. right? But I think for, for those that are out there, uh, we just understand in the rate of change that we're living in today, you have to be okay with pivoting. You have to learn what matters to you, but you have to be first and foremost, you have to believe in yourself when you're pivoting. I think that's the, the definitely the key. Absolutely. I love that story because I think there's so many different examples of pivoting that there is something for everyone in this situation. You have thought about something that's changing in your life or in your business um, that you know in your heart needs to, but you maybe haven't done what you need to do yet. So a couple of things you can try just to start to move the needle on this. I mean, you can make a big announcement. I recommend it, but I think that you have to be in the space that you have decided on something and make that announcement. First, a lot of you, it's going to be an accountability thing For because sure. there are so many people who are held accountable from external people, sources, etc. So I think that's one really, it's a big one that will make the difference, but um, it's definitely worth it. Being willing and open to change. I think I love how much you talk about this in your, not just your content, but your speaking, but that's, uh, that's very easy to say and hard for a lot of people. So if that has felt like a struggle for you, then maybe do some rethinking on that. Risk versus reward. I love the idea of that list. Like break it down. What's the risk versus reward? Or what are you stressing yourself out about? Yep. Is it that there's actually a great reward and you're afraid of it? Which oftentimes can be the case. Yeah. And I can tell you new opportunities that are presented to me on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. I risk versus reward them. You know, it can be it could be a speaking opportunity. It could be a podcast opportunity. It could be me collaborating with somebody. It could even be me traveling somewhere and saying, okay, what's the risk to my business? What's the risk to my time? What's the risk? And that, that risk reward for me going back and tapping into that each time, it helps me be more calculated, but it mm-hmm. also, I think, gives me the confidence because when I measure that out, I, I'm a little bit less scared or actually a lot less scared when I make the decision because yeah. I'm like, hey, I put this on the board. I know the war- risks. I know the rewards. And I understand that if I do my best, the rewards are going to outweigh it. Hell yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, I love that. And then I think the last one is know your personality. And I'm going to go ahead and assign homework if you don't mind, Brian. No, go for I it. Because I think I really like this one. And I want people who don't already know about it to take this quiz. And it's the Four Tendencies quiz with Gretchen Rubin. I think it's uh, quiz.gretchenrubin.com. Just if you haven't already looked into this, find out what your personality type is when it comes to building habits. And you really, I, I'm telling you, I love this I love this self-identification so much whenever I find out what type somebody is. And you could be an upholder, which means that you hold yourself accountable internally and externally, which is sort of like a really small percentage of people. But knowing these details about yourself makes it so much easier for you to accept, accept it instead of trying to change it and then go after the things you actually want, realize the pivot could happen if you followed through with how you operate to get things done. And uh, I just recommend everybody take that quiz. So that's what I'm assigning as homework because I think that's a super easy step in the right direction for just self-identifying how you could potentially pivot confidently. 
especially when it comes down to making that decision because there's going to be lots of people in your life that are going to tell you what to do, what you should do. Hey, you should be an entrepreneur. Hey, you should do this. Hey, you're really good at this. You should do that. And not until you're self-aware are you able to know what to listen to, when to listen to them. And also, even in your case, I think reaching out and, and like learning from lots of different people and then bringing that back to yourself. So I, I'm, I'm excited to hear you know, how everybody does that. I, I think we should definitely take that homework and run with it. Um, and and this, is, you know, this is something that will be a theme in a lot of our, our, our conversations, not only pivoting, but making sure that you're self-aware because uh, in today's day and world, the change is happening and you need to be put yourself in a place that you can change with a plan. And hopefully this test is the start of that. Yeah, totally. Let us know how that's going on our Instagram. Go to our latest Instagram post and leave a comment. Let us know that you listened to this episode. And you're uh, schmatastic on the yeah. schmatastic, and on my social fans yeah. on the Instagrams. We love the Instagrams. We're all yeah. over there, and we love you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we, the art of the pivot. It's pivoting in all kinds of different directions. You have to embrace it because it's not going anywhere. Yeah, good absolutely. Stuff. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Cheers. Bye.